Talking Tesla. Talking Tesla. Tesla. I'm not sure if like my foot should be on the brake or the accelerator. They put rings on Elon. It must be some sort of geometrical algorithm. I don't really need to touch the steering wheel there, Tom. Oh, I'm sure there's some math. So SpaceX, <laughs> here's the deal. Um, landing a rocket on a drone ship is key. Charger, 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 charger. <laughs> How am I expected to drive a car without autopilot? Safely. Charger, charger, charger. <laughs> you know, I'm not a good parker, Tom. Yeah. I'll be the first to admit it. Yeah. I just think that this is a car company that is run by super geeks. Yeah. All the other cars are going to be stupid cars compared to this car. You don't even have to I remember that. You've got a Model X. I have seen the future, and it is light pole charging. No, I wouldn't call it a screw-up. Do you like your Model X? God, it's beautiful. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Uh, my name is Mel Herbert. Uh, that's Robert. Uh, Tom. Tom is upset already. It's exciting. This is the first time we've recorded. <laughs> that's exciting to you? It is exciting to me. It's the first time we're doing a uh, recording. I was, well, but we have done a live show before. At the bar. We're at the bar. The first time oh at the bar. You guys have any other like modifiers that you want to make to that? It's the oh, first time live recording at the bar. In 2018, November 20, whatever, 7th. All right, with uh, the pink mic. With this mic. And the mm-hmm. first part of the show, which is the uh, most important, the show. is the new naming nomenclature please explain is there a new naming wait hold on a second so (laughs) is this naming nomenclature going into effect yeah it's in effect now you're gonna do this this is this is happening now just because this guy (laughs) made this tirade insane (laughs) spreadsheet look at all the stuff he did on this little okay all right robert this this is like this is like it's gonna be so confusing but go ahead this is like the anthropomorphical Look at the show. Okay. I don't think that's the right word. No. <laughs> Historical? Sure. Historical is okay. a word that, that could be used better. in a sentence yeah. with this. Well, is like human. This is like one of those things that when they dig us up uh-huh. in a thousand years, they'll look at this piece of paper they and they'll up, say, they're crazy. <laughs> I'm going to dig you up. I'm yeah. Sick. So I just wanted to prove my point that changing the numbering of the show, the yes. nomenclature, as you said. Thank you. Is stupid. And so, which part? The changing, the it, changing back? it back? The, <laughs> the that was very confusing. <laughs> or that we changed it at all? I just want to clarify: we're you changing know, it back. You know, the man's insane, right? Because it worked. <laughs> and if it works, don't fix it's it. A, uh, that's I thought if it was well. broke, broke, don't fix it. it. No, if it works, don't it change works. it. Don't mess with it. Okay. Don't try and fix it. I don't have any idea what's happening here. The only downside is that the people aren't going to see the 0.5 business. So the point is that this is episode 135, right? Absolutely. Okay. For sure? Nothing's for sure, Tom. Welcome to Talking Tesla 135. (laughs) Oh, sweet. Uh, So first of all, I just want to say last time we did a show, we did it for the patrons. Thanks to the patrons for patronizing us. And it's a full show, so if you want to go see it, go become a patron and you can listen to it because it's not a video show. Best show ever. Actually, a couple of people said, by far, one of the shows we've done. <laughs> <laughs> I don't... Yeah, think about I'm that. I'm very confused about all the things you got. It's late in the day. Think I'm, about it. I've been working all day. I don't understand yeah. the words you people are saying. Nomenclature. No, that I don't think... Anthropom- that's even the actual right word, but I could be wrong about that as well. Yeah. Look, there's a guy like a named Neil deGrasse Tyson, yeah. right? And he is a very important, very smart man. He's a scientist and he's an educator. And he said that Elon Musk is the most important man alive. And he said it for these reasons, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. I'll now go over to this screen. I've got all of the screens. <laughs> okay. And he said this. He said, first, he's going to be bigger than Gates and Jobs. 
What does that mean by bigger? Better known, uh, more important in history than Gates and Jobs. Okay. He'll have an extra few lines in the paragraph. Because of SpaceX and getting us off this planet. Because of Starlink satellite network, which is going to change the world and communications to poor countries as well as rich countries. Uh-huh. Because of the boring country, which is going to completely change the way cities are built. Because of the Tesla cars, of course. Because of Tesla energy and accelerating renewable energy. Thank you very much. Neuralink, going to be huge. We're all going to be part cyborg. And his basic concept was that his companies are going to fundamentally reshape civilization as we know it. His name's Neil deGrasse Tyson. He wouldn't lie to you. He wouldn't lie. Dissenting view. Go. (laughs) So I personally respect Neil deGrasse Tyson, but I think it's too early to say if he will have this transformative impact, right? He's trying. He's trying a lot of things. But to just come right out and say he's the most important person alive today... I'm not sure I buy that one. It's kind of I'm not sure it's Bill Gates. I'm not sure it's any tech guy. I would say you're right. He's not the most important person yet. He mm-hmm. has the potential to be the most important person uh-huh. ever Alive for today. all of those reasons. Right, but, but okay, so the other thing I would say about that is, do you think people said the same thing about Henry Ford at one point? Nobody talks about at Henry the, Ford at now, the though. At time, he probably was the most important person in the world. He did radically, fundamentally people- change the planet but not for the better as we are now seeing <laughs> at the time it seemed like a good idea right it's okay. all arguable all but right. in his case in elon's case everything he's trying to do is to better the planet to move to renewable energy to get to space okay. to fix cities so he's henry ford went to make a lot of cars mm-hmm. uh, and some profit but Elon's trying to do something fundamentally good. Henry and Ford if he pulls it off, created the assembly line, my friend. Yes. Everything in this room came off an assembly. Every single freaking thing in this room, I except for this bar, probably came from an assembly line, including yourself. I did. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, there was a manufacturing Sipious. process. So the other thing is, okay, what about if we're talking just about the tech giants, right? The yes. the Sergey Brins, yes. the Jeff Bezos. Yes. I don't know if that's what Neil was referring to, but let's let's extrapolate like a little Bill because it's what the, we do on this show. Because he did mention Bill Steve Gates Jobs. and he did mention Steve Jobs, right? What about Bezos? What if Amazon? On web services, right? And they have moved heavy duty into supercomputing. Yes. And, and a lot of what's using the supercomputing power that they have is pharma. What if a cure for cancer comes out of AWS? That doesn't happen potentially otherwise. That would change things. Uh, Maybe. It could happen otherwise. I just think put all together, if these are successful, as successful as they could be, mm-hmm. I think it's a slam dunk. He is the most important person alive. Sorry. I think it's nice. That's that the last he- word. I think it's nice that he gets the kudos. You can support. He is working I hard. I think it's great to get the kudos. Again, I'm just not I'm not necessarily saying he's not. I'm saying like, okay, let's think about other things that Amazon has done. And and these there are pluses and minuses to this as well. But if you think about petroleum usage, yes. right? And you think about efficiency of things, right? Yes. Has Amazon kept people from making those small trips to the local Best Buy, to the local Walmart, and and made it more efficient to bring a FedEx truck that carries 50, 60 families worth of stuff. That is interesting that you should bring that up. That is a nice segue. It's as almost as if you had read the notes beforehand. Almost. <laughs> so tell us about uh, yeah, what's so the most efficient way to get your stuff. Yeah. Well, so the most efficient way to get your stuff is you could order it on Amazon, but you'd have it delivered to a one of these delivery lockers that's near your house and you would take your you know your little 
whatever, your bag over there or you would take your wheelie device over there and you would pick it up yourself Mm -hmm. and you would bring it home. This is from the Journal of Industrial Ecology. This is a study you're telling us about. that's a But that's a Bezos invention. Which? The Amazon locker, right? We're talking about Amazon, right? So like that's – it's a point-counterpoint kind of situation that we're in, It's not actually useful yet. I mean this is still being developed. It's useful if you live within two blocks of an Amazon – of a Whole Foods. In all of West Los Angeles, the main Amazon drop-off that they always indicate for me is like six miles away in Westwood. Across at UCLA, a ton That's the big of one. traffic. That UCLA one, though, is almost like anything they have, they have there. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty intense. But let's go yeah. back for a second, because what this article is saying that Amazon bringing stuff to your door is not as efficient as you going to the store in your electric car or walking to the store. But the most efficient thing is for Amazon to bring it fairly close and you to do the last mile yourself. Is that what it was saying? Because yes. Amazon so- has all of the items from all of the stores. If you need five things, you don't have to go to a Best Buy, a Costco, a Ralph's, and a Kohl's. Amazon has all of that in one place. They can bring it to one place, and then you can pick it all up in one place. Well, so what they did is they looked at online shopping going back like over 15 years, and they estimated how much an increase in online shopping will change the carbon, or I shouldn't say carbon, I say the energy consumption. Mm -hmm. And the bottom line is they said around 10%, at the time they finished the study, I think it was a couple of years ago, that there was like 10% online shopping. The amount of energy used, if that increased to 20%, would grow by about 6%. So it's so not it's a more huge, energy, more energy with more online shopping because we're talking about lots of packaging. Like how many times do you get a box from Amazon True. that has like yeah. a plug for your computer and it's how like How many a, times a day? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. And then, you know, what do we do with those boxes? That's yeah. a lot of energy right, right there. And the fact that they're bringing a lot of stuff in separate boxes from a lot of different places versus you go to the mall and you buy your t-shirts, your socks, a pair of pants, a television, some cologne. I'm having a good it's day at the mall. All, yeah. It's all in one place. Yeah. You put it all in your car. Okay. You're walking to get it all, and then you're driving home. That mm. actually has a smaller carbon footprint than ordering all that stuff online. And it all comes on the same day, but it's a lot of trips between you yeah. and the manufacturer or the But the supplier. mall doesn't have all of the stuff that the Amazon has. That's true. And the fact that people are demanding like Amazon Prime or there's a couple of different versions of these sort of like two-day free shipping, yeah. we kind of buy a lot more stuff than we normally would. Ton more. I think it's great, but it increases the carbon footprint. Now they're talking about drones. Mm-hmm. I think it's bad in a lot of ways because I think we're just too – Consumer. We're getting too consumer And this show is a consumer show to the nth degree in a lot of ways. So it's problematic. I've actually been having a lot of – these crazy thoughts because I listened to this daily that really sent me into a, a tizzy mm-hmm. about the warehouse workers in Memphis. Yes, that was a terrible, uh, terrible So story. hard to hear that. <laughs> and then 
feel yet, good about going to Amazon. They still right. want my stuff. To me. What I got from this, and it's complicated, and if you're interested, you should read it, and we'll have it in the show notes. It's a big story. What I learned from this, though, is what we've learned from everything, which is Amazon and FedEx and UPS and everybody needs to become very efficient. They need to have their solar panels. They need to have their electric trucks yeah. because we're not going to change this because this is way too good an idea for us to go back to the way old way of doing things. Yeah. But they, as companies, need to do it as efficiently as possible, and we need to be saying, get your – companies super efficient electricity 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 and how you can help is don't order a bunch of stuff with the mindset of well i'll get like four different kinds of shoes with different sizes and i'll try and i'll pick the one and save it and return the three other pair you know if you're not going to take it right to the store and you're going to ship it again that like doubles the carbon footprint of that transaction but that's the model for a lot of people it is true don't do that. Buy shirts, buy jackets. If you're going to buy, like, I don't typically like to buy clothing online and I'll buy shoes only if I know, like, this is a shoe size from a company that I that I know will fit me. Right. But even then, sometimes you got to send them back. True. And that is, uh, that is terrible. So, again, I don't know if Elon is the most important person alive today. I think the jury is potentially still out on that one. But if he comes through with all of the things, let's say we got 10,000 people on Mars and then Earth goes, boosh, well then, sure, he's going to be the most important person alive because there's only going to be 10,000 and he's going to be one of them on Mars. <laughs> and there's a much better chance. Yeah, yeah I mean, like the odds are just in his favor at that point. Should we talk about Tesla because the show's called Talking Tesla, not Talking Are you Amazon? sure it's called that? Hey, Siri, okay. what's the stock price for Tesla? Tesla traded 0.60% today at $343.92. There's a lot of Sorry. devices. <laughs> There's a lot of devices. Should we try that again? No, that's about three fifty. It hasn't changed much in the last few weeks. That's cool. Uh, that but I want to hear about Tom's Model uh, 3 screen woes, and I would like to add to them. Oh, you would? Okay, because I'm curious about this, and I want to potentially put out a Twitter poll, and I don't know you know, if this is happening a lot in people's S's, but I get in my, my three, and 50% of the time, it's on. The screen is on. 50% of the time, it works every time. 50% of the time, it works the, all the time. <laughs> I think that makes sense in some alternate does, universe, yeah. but I'm not sure if it's here. Yeah. And so I get into the car, and so sometimes the screen is on. Right, you turn it on, and and your phone attaches to it, and you pull out, and you, the camera goes off, and sometimes it's black. Right, like it's, it's like and, and I, sleepy. It's just black. It's not doing anything at the moment. And then you push on the brake pedal, mm-hmm. and that turns the car on. Right, and then you wait, While and you reboots. think that sometimes you think like, oh, the screen's just going to pop up, and you're going to see your reverse thing. I got to go. I got to go pick up somebody. I got to get the hell out of here. And it's just dark, dark, dark. And then I'll reverse and I'll back out. And I don't know where I'm going because I don't see a camera at that point. I'm not sure how to drive a car without (laughs) all of that stuff attached to it. And then I'll drive and then it'll start, you know, 10, 12 seconds later, sometimes even more, it'll start to reboot. The little Tesla logo will come Mm up and then I'll see the screen and all of the information that I was hoping to see when I got in the car. But it's very random and yes. I don't understand why. And and also I'm having a lot of trouble with the Bluetooth connectivity. So I'm curious if it's my very early screen brain computer combination that's just eh, a little wonky. I'm having uh, the same thing. Not as often as you. Not the screen problem, but I do have the camera every now and then. Backup camera just like doesn't turn on mm-hmm. or it'll turn on after I've crashed into something. Like, <laughs> and, uh, that's but weird. More important – 
is the Bluetooth connectivity. Yeah. I'm driving along, I'm listening to my tunes. It's ABBA, let's be honest. And uh, then, it, and then it's, like, <laughs> it's like the Bluetooth decides, no, I can't listen to that anymore. It turns off. Yeah. And then sometimes it just jumps back on. So yours turns off in the middle of a thing? Yeah. So mine will like wow. not connect. Sometimes it will connect and I can hear the person, but they can't hear me, so the microphone's oh, not wow. working. It's very just a random this, set of Bluetooth issues. This is all software. It's. I mean, it happens to me, thanks, but Robert. very rarely. <laughs> Captain Obvious. <I'm> the- <laughs> Thank you. This I'm is the- software. Thank you. I got to go. Well, you were saying it was your hardware. You were worried that it could be your well, hardware. But I mean, but it could be a Bluetooth module within the whole screen thing. So again, I think I'm talking about multiple things, right? The Bluetooth yeah. is one issue, right? So that's software, but there is some hardware antenna aspects to Bluetooth, I believe, right? Because when you get a Bluetooth mouse, sometimes you, there's some hardware mm-hmm. somewhere involved in the Bluetooth. Right. The other thing with the screen not turning on or not being on or sometimes being on, sometimes being off, that'd be fine if it was a setting like, please put the car to sleep when I'm out of it for more than X amount of time. Right. And that way I know. And that is, I think, a setting in the S's. So here's a question yes, you sure. may not be able to answer. Okay. Did the version number of your software operating system change before and after one of these blackouts? No. It's been very consistent from the very beginning. I keep waiting for an update. I was hoping version 9 would fix my Bluetooth problems. So I don't know. Bluetooth is a problem in lots of different situations. Bluetooth is like this technology that was going to change everything, and it's so frustrating because it's so good when it works and so terrible when it doesn't. Um, the one thing that has fixed with my Bluetooth connectivity, as it were, is the opening of the car. That's now seamless now. It never is a problem from my phone to the open of the car. But once the I'm in the car, listen, of the, the car, unlocking of the car. Uh-huh. So that got fixed so sometimes. You, I never had that problem. So that's really fascinating. I had a problem with it. Now that's gone. But this, I don't know if it's the Bluetooth. There's a new version of Bluetooth. I don't know if it's just Tesla's implementation of it. But it's annoying. And that needs to get fixed. I lost my phone connectivity today, as a matter of fact, which is like the first time I can remember in a long time on the way here. And I needed to make a phone call and I actually had to hold my phone on speakerphone to make the phone call. Like an animal. Like half the other people I saw on the freeway. (laughs) But for me, I was, you know, navigating on autopilot. So I wasn't really putting myself or anybody else at risk. And then, oh, so you say. And then, like, probably 40 minutes into my drive, boom, it came back on. So that's my music started playing, and it was happy times again. Yeah, that's exactly what's mine doing, and it's happening a lot. And I I go on the forums and the webs. Yeah. A lot of people are complaining about the Bluetooth. So it should be fixed in the next software version. Can we talk about superchargers? Can we talk about I think Thanksgiving? Before you do that. Are, are, are you sure we're ready for this? Um, I'm not. You better be ready. So I did a tweener. I did it because it was the tween of the big shows. So that means between the shows. Between the shows. Mm-hmm. You're not a teen and a to- or a toddler. You're a tweener. Exactly. Sure. Prepare. And I was saying Thank you. that I was worried. I was driving up to get my son from college, and it was on the Tuesday before Thanksgiving. Mm. And I was saying uh, that we had some supercharger problems. Mm-hmm. And I was saying how that I got the supercharger in uh, Tuscadero, and it was full, and there were seven people waiting. And there was a Tesla gentleman there. A Tesla gentleman? Was it Elon? And uh, Interestingly, the Tesla gentleman was driving an ice car. You know why? Isn't it ironic? Because he couldn't get to the other super... He knew all the superchargers were going to be impacted and he wouldn't be able to charge. And he wouldn't be able to get to LA unless I have an ice car. So it was full. It was slow. That was the other thing. 
um, really slow. And uh, there was a couple of Tesla people there that had clearly gone to the movie theater across the road because he's like, that car there has been there for three hours. That one there has been there for two hours. And I'm like, don't they uh, know that they're going to get charged a dollar a minute? And he's like, I don't think so. They are when they get the bill. But so there was a couple of people taking spots. It was really slow and it was super, super annoying. And I said that this would be a problem because mm-hmm. what happened? Two people in nice Mercedes drove by with big grins and started going, have a great holiday in your Tesla. And I'm like, oh, see, I predicted this. This is bad mm-hmm. for Tesla. You got these lines, people making fun of us. It's not good. So it those people get will fixed. never buy an electric car. Right. And least- every- not before they die, yes, I guess. Everybody right. walking to the Denny's, which was right there, were like, what's the problem? Like, apparently there's a problem with the charger for the Tesla. And they're like, well, I don't know if I'll get a Tesla. <laughs> I just thought it was really mm. very bad. In so, all fairness, one day a year. That one day. One day, well, that one day yeah. in that month. Well, but like every that, holiday. Every holiday. Now, so what this means in order to fix it is you have to have many more superchargers than you need sometimes. So that, you know, you overbuild so that on the busy days, nobody's waiting. Which is terrible. But that's kind of what happens at gas stations too, right? Most of the time you go to a gas station in the middle of the night, uh, lots of times a day, it's empty. That's true. And so it's actually the same. So I still think they have to overbuild this network or they have to increase the speed of the charging a lot, version 3, we hope so. Mm -hmm. Or they have to give us a lot more range. I know I've talked about this a hundred times. I'm just saying I predicted it and it's happened. But something really important and interesting happened. More oh, ooh, during a, this event. During this event. Wow. Important. So I'm sitting there with Robert. I'm sitting there and interesting. I and I with my son, Robert, and with his friend. And uh, my son goes, "I wonder if I could charge the car up from my phone as a joke." And then we're like, "Let's do the math. How far could we drive the car on an iPhone battery fully charged?" Ah. We did the math. He's an engineering student. He checked the math. We think we got it right. You can drive. Once your car is up and going, yes. you can drive your car for 100 yards, approximately, muscle manos, on an iPhone that's fully charged. That's like a football field. Another way of saying this yeah. is you, you can take a 100S or a 100 uh, kilowatt hour battery mm-hmm. and charge approximately 10,000 iPhones. Now, that's some information wow. you can use. You heard it here on Talking Tesla. So would would you just need like one USB like dock right. with like a lot of attachments? <laughs> a lot of attachments. I mean, we're talking about a lot of cords. I'm thinking that only Amazon would have that item. How about if you covered your car in those uh, surface chargers and people just oh, like – Oh, QI. Yeah. yeah like They're that. these like, yeah, that's uh, like something out of uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey. Mm-hmm. <gasps> and the next thing that this brings up as we were just doing this funny math uh-huh, stuff, yeah. was what they were talking about with the truck, which sort of passed me by. Imagine this scenario. You've got the Tesla semi-trailer. Sem- not the semi-trailer, the truck, the pickup truck. And uh, you've, you've got a big battery in it. It can yes. go a long way. Yes. But then you go to your job site. And what do you need at your job site? You need tools. energy. You need tools. Those right. tools run off electricity. That's yes. true. How amazing is this truck going to be? Because they are just going to put plugs along there and you've got this giant battery that you can use to charge and do all of your work in your tesla truck imagine a truck that not only could provide you energy like from the bed but it actually had a place where you could plug in and get compressed gas or air to run pneumatic tools you could do how amazing would that be that would be incredible you know i think that speaks of a tweener that is going to be coming out (laughs) eventually eventually a tweener 
And it's a clear in the works. On Electric, they had a number of articles about the same thing during um, the Thanksgiving season, as it were. There's lots of pictures here you can see so, um, of uh, full superchargers and Culver long City. lines. In the Electric article, were most of the issues that they were talking about localized to the California region? Yeah. Um, most of these come from California. Of course, every right. single Tesla on the planet a is A lot here. of them are I here. I think I read... You can correct me if I'm wrong, that 27% of all the Teslas ever made are in California. I bet. And that this year, almost 5% of all vehicles sold in California are electric. That's a wonderful percentage. Isn't that amazing? That like happened first. That is. I heard a little piece of data from Galileo. Yes, from Hypercharge. Hypercharge. And he said he's heard some information that if only 10% of the cars on the road, so we're talking 30 million in the United States. If only 10% of the cars on the road went electric, gas stations would no longer be profitable. That's the margins, right? So oh. so that tipping point to me is very interesting and brings up a lot of a lot of fascinating like ostrich in the ground kind of things for our, from our brethren at ExxonMobil and BP and all the other uh, fossil fuel arco, right? Should they not be their own selves for their own long-term preservation, right. putting infrastructure, whether if it pays, if it costs money, in into their station. So once that thirty percent tipping, like as the as we go to that ten percent tipping, like they're getting that business as well. I think the same thing. Uh, now what they'll do is they'll just close some, right? So it won't be like all the gas stations will disappear overnight. They'll just start closing them. But every time I go past a gas station, I'm like. The infrastructure is like already here. I think exactly the same thing. Why wouldn't a shell or somebody go, let's put a couple of superchargers over there. And then as this, you know, you need more superchargers and less gas nozzles, you can just like, boom. And I think what it is, is the, and I hate to say this, I'm going to say it's the disservice that Tesla has done by offering free charging in some ways. Because people now, Tesla owners for sure, have this, Weird thing about not paying to charge their cars. Mm-hmm. Well, you, you mean X and S owners primarily. Correct. Yeah, yeah X is, and S owners. But right? at, at the same time, but you paid more. I get. I know your argument. We've heard them a lot. I get them. Right. And and I understand that. But I still feel it's it's causing some like these mental problems. Like and and also mental problems. And also man. people are all mental. Well people well people are already paying a premium to buy these cars. Yeah. Teslas and all EVs, grand. right? The bolt right. is a premium over a comparable ICE car. Sure. And then on top of it, they want to save money on the charging. They don't see it as much if they're charging at home or if they're charging in their offices or charging in other places like that. But if you go to the blink things, they're not cheap right and that's the barrier that's happening i think that's keeping these companies is like they know that people might not show up but i would tell you this if you looked at it more as a service if bp if arco if exxon looked at it more as a service and they did kick-ass fast charging then pay for that pay for the speed of charging pay the money for that so we're waiting for a technology step up i, I to think, get to that place i think we're waiting for that infrastructure 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 every conversation i had yesterday at that ev event every conversation you've had with people on the street and you've had about evs what's the thing you always talk about 
EV charging. It's charging. Charging. Like, what can I? How am can I going to get stuck? It? So it it dictates if you can buy a car. Yeah. Period. End of discussion. Whether or not you want that car to drive long distance or short distance. So infrastructure. 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 Thank you. Now you brought something up. Let's talk about it now. Mm-hmm. You went somewhere last night. Yes. Can we talk about it now? Let's talk about it now. We went to the Rivian Truck Reveal. Rivian? It means River Indian? (laughs) Although I think it shouldn't. (laughs) No. Tom actually has the best analogy or the best explanation. River Amphibian is what I think they should have been referring it to. But it's basically some river with Indians next to it. And they're like River Indian. In Florida. The best EV reveal event... Not event, best EV truck in and of itself. Like, best EV car I've seen. Well, it's a, probably. It's, it's a new class of vehicle. It's a an new adventure class. vehicle. Yeah, it's a, it's a pickup truck. Looks a little bit like the Honda Ridgeline, but has Is a, there a lot more. Do we have a features. picture in the notes? I'll put it in. Uh, no, because we were going to make this a. Right uh, we're going to make this whole thing a tweener. So, we, me and Robert went to this reveal. Sean Mitchell from the Colorado Tesla Club. Got me uh, an invite, and that invite included another invite. And, of course, I didn't invite you. No. Because, I mean, really, there was no real food you could have eaten there. Like, no but there was alcohol, which mm. was nice. So it was at the Griffith Observatory. Yes. Outside. Yes. A very a dynamic group of people work for this company. This truck is basically built for the people who like to go off-road. Yes. And, Who like and to surf? Surf. And, well, I mean, again, climb, it's, a, it's an adventure camp. vehicle. So they they've thought about. They've built a rooftop tent for the bed. Mm-hmm. They have all this stuff built into it. There's there's a, a lockable seat. The frunk on this mm-hmm. thing is three hundred liters. It's really big. It's massive. Wow. Yeah. Like a Yeti, a good size Yeti cooler, no problem. Dang. Uh, give me some specs. What sort of battery we got here? How so 105, 135, and 180 kilowatt hour. Now they are double stacking yes. the 2170s. Well, he said 2170s, but those are a Tesla battery. Yeah, are they buying them from Tesla? Tesla That's a very good question. But he didn't say that specifically. He said what? 2170. He what? didn't say the other thing. So I don't think they're buying them from Tesla. But right. they have this full-blown armored sled underneath this thing. And so they're double stacking the battery. So they're getting a lot of energy density. There's a cooling thing between the two batteries. Comes with big, fat tires ready to go. Like so, How myself, far does it go? 400 miles at the top trim. Two to 400 miles, yes. But, so now we now let's talk about the, the elephantes in the room, the charging. How does it charge? So as you get, as you, as you can it's imagine, one time use. <laughs> as you can imagine, it's 180 kilowatt hour batteries at the 20, top end. 20, and it's iPhones. CCS charging. Yes. Is, CCS, is it's, 50 kilowatts right now. Is it standard, yes. as it were. So if you extrapolate... Uh, the Chevy Bolt, which does what ninety miles in thirty minutes—that's what they say. Like that, That's yeah. what they say it gets. So, and now you have four hundred miles. So you're waiting two hours if you're charging it from zero. Yeah, that's least. kind of a long time. Yep. Now CCS is going to go. I think the new standard up to three hundred and fifty kilowatts. Yeah. So CCS two or whatever it's called. But I like this story. You know why? Not because yeah. of this thing. I'm not going to buy. But what mm, I want I to fix that. my problem that I've just been talking about is a double-stacked 3, a double-stacked S. Yeah. Give me 500 miles range. I will pay it. I bet you if they said, for an extra $10,000, we'll give you an extra 300 miles, right. you would sell 
trillions of those. But you're also adding an incredible amount of weight. So yeah, again, there's so like give and take. That's why I didn't right? say 600 miles, 500 miles. <laughs> See how I did that? Right. I already corrected for it. Would you do that? So here we go. I've got a beautiful uh, car for you, uh, Robert. It's, yes. a, it's a three, and it's got two motors, and it's $60,000. But for 70000 instead of going 300 miles, it can go 500 miles. Yeah. Would you buy it? Yes. Thank you. Tom, would you buy it? I would not because I don't need it. I have not had no, range No, please. Issues. You've got to play the game. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's not how you play the game. Now you just wrecked the whole game. How am I supposed to play the game? Let's say it's $10,000 for an extra 200 miles range. Would you do it? If you had that money. <laughs> if this wasn't real. If this oh. wasn't real. Oh, wait. Hold on. Let oh, me, forget let it. me enter stupid. the portal of Herbert. Yes, of course I would, Mel. Because it's all about people, range. People out there would go, yeah, I'll do that. I guess, and and maybe it would alleviate. But let me ask you this question: How far was your drive to to get your son? Okay, there were two drives, and this is oh, it's a very long story. But there's one drive which is just to Santa Cruz, mm-hmm. and in the three, I can book all the way to a Tuscadero, which is about halfway. Plug in for 25 minutes in the three because it charges so. How fast. many miles is it? Three hundred. question. Three hundred and thirty-five. Right, and so you get three hundred and ten miles fully charged. There's not. 310 if you're driving at like 55, 60 miles an hour, not when you're driving 75 miles an hour. Thank you very much. So I have to stop once, but it's only 20 minutes and I can get there. But it didn't have to be at that supercharger, right? No, it didn't have to be there. I'm just trying to figure out if there was an alternative. He just doesn't like the built-in supercharger. Up the supercharger. Well, there's another one that's 30 miles down the road at uh, the Madonna Inn, uh-huh. and the guy goes, "Don't bother." It's also impacted. Mm-hmm. And then the next one's not for 100 miles, and I didn't have enough to get there. Okay, something like that. All right. But the point is, yeah. if I had a 400 mile car, I yeah. could do it. If I you had a 500 mile car, it could be even better. You go there. I could go there and then spend potentially. The night. Yeah. Would, charge but, it up. But were you trying to spend the night or no? Yeah, spend the yeah. night. And then the next, like dropping off, we did a loop where it went from LA to San Rafael, which is north of San Francisco, and then back down to Santa Cruz. What were you doing in San Rafael? There's a girlfriend. She's at a university up there. We're mm. taking her home. Mm. That thing. Wow. Driving around. That's very That's far. That's a very long drive. Had it to supercharge a One number of, my of times. Best friends lives in, lived in San Rafael. That's Lovely nice. area. Yeah. Love Talking San Rafael. Yeah. It means absolutely nothing. <laughs> Whatever, <laughs> man. Sorry. Uh, I don't know. I just want a bigger battery. So okay. Say. It'll reduce the number of times I right. have to supercharge. Yeah. I would pay extra. I think a lot of people I got, would. I got Here's another thing. I got something better for you. I got something better for you. Make the supercharging faster, and then none of that would have been an issue. Okay, the supercharger, you showed up, and they were getting you were getting how much? What you sent us a picture? Like twenty nine okay, kilowatts. That's unacceptable. <laughs> Thank you. So Everybody like, says, "No, oh, Mel, you don't understand how it works." I do understand how it works. It's one hundred and thirty five in one thing. Then it's divided, and the person who got their first gets most of the juice, and you get a maximum of one hundred and twenty. But guess what? You don't get one hundred and twenty ever because as soon as that thing is full, you get forty. So the person who keeps telling me I don't know what I'm talking about. It's upsetting. <laughs> you see the vein? Right. So, like, most of the problems. Make it 120. So, most of the problems at Atascadero, most of the problems at all these places would have been alleviated if the charging was fast and consistent through every single stanchion because people Thank would you. have been there much less amount of time. True. So, the, the infrastructure is already there. Upgrade the electronics. And we need an attendant who's going to say, You're going to the movies? Leave me your key and I will pull it out when it's fully charged and I'll have your key that? for you. Well, you know. And I should correct myself. Maybe. Because I said 135, and if there's two people there and you divide it in half, it's about 70. Ki- I would have taken 70 kilowatts, but yeah. 30? 30. Ridiculous. So version 3 is coming. He says home. it's going to be faster, but I'm like, uh, I'll believe it when I see it. Because if you just made the supercharger network work the way it's supposed to work, that would be great. 
Yeah. And what it needs is giant batteries because I understand when you've got right. 10 of these cars trying to go at full speed, the pipe of electricity is huge. You're going to have to do it with some big batteries. And that's why I said in the tweener, actually, uh, that maybe Tom's mega pack is going to go into some of these version three supercharger networks. All right. I've talked enough about supercharging. We need to move on. Let's talk about a much more interesting topic, which is that the Chevy Volt, Volt with a V, with a V, is dead. The it's Chevy, no more. The it's Chevy sad. Bolt is dead, ladies and gentlemen. Such an girls. iconic car. Um, I just had one of our employees buy one of these. And uh, that makes me feel bad because when you stop manufacturing a car, guess what happens to the supply of the parts and stuff? Much more complicated, although they, are, I think, are required to have parts for 10 years. Oh, is that true? Just not as many as if you're making Much more complicated, 50, much more difficult to get them. But I believe that's sort of one of the, the regulatory deals uh, with uh, producing automobiles. So Inside EVs has got uh, one of the stories I looked at here. Now, it's not as simple as they just killed this electric car or this plug-in electric vehicle. It goes about 50 miles. It has a gas engine. They killed this car, according to um, Chevy, because Americans are no longer buying any small, mid-sized cars. And why is that, Mel? Cars. Because uh, gas prices are low and they like big cars. <sighs> Gas prices are killing me. So they are getting rid of their little cars and they're only going to build big cars. And they say, don't worry, we're also going to transition to electric cars. But in the short term, you know what they're going to do is just build gigantic trucks because that's where all the profit is. So this is a very disturbing – this is a great car. This was like – there was the Prius and then the next sort of greatest car was the Leaf and then there was the Volt. And that sort of was – it got us through until we got to the Tesla and it's sad to see it go. Although, you know, Robert has very little love for these – gasoline electric it depends cars. how you use them so one of the guys that i work with he prides himself on how long he goes between fill-ups and i told you there was like a leaderboard where yeah. people will run their volts for as long as many months between fill-ups and then like we talked about how unstable the gas might get if you do that you're essentially driving an electric vehicle and you just have right. the backup of the battery. If you you've, use, you've gotten that mental, you've gotten that mental safety net mm-hmm. for right. you, as opposed to other people I know who have plug-in electric vehicles who say, "Well, you know, I'll plug it in next time because I just want to. I don't want to go drive over to the plug, or I don't want to." move the cars to plug it into the plug and and they end up just filling it up all the time yes. and they don't drive on electricity so what i would love to know and i don't know if chevy has the ability to do that is like to Clearly show not. us what are your people doing well i do know some stats about that one is that the short range plug-in electric vehicles almost never get plugged in there was an article that i can't quote right now exactly which one it was but it says what you're saying that a lot of the time people don't do it for a short range one although yeah. if you're a fanatical, like our family, my daughter, when she drove the Volt, like was yes. fanatical about Well, I think it. the Volt's a little different because that's not really a short range. That's sort of a mid-range. It's yeah, we 40 have miles. 50 miles. Yeah. yeah, but we have a Prius that goes like 10, 11 miles. Yeah. I got some friends. Yeah, I mean, it's almost pointless. That thing, it's kind of stupid because I would drive it from Culver City to Santa Monica to the Toyota dealer, plug it in if they let me. And like they're arguing with me. It's a freaking Toyota. I bought it here. What do you mean you don't want to let me to plug it into your two plugs? So, and then would have to walk like five blocks, not that that's bad for me, to get to where I'm going. 
and then walk back. If it's raining, am I going to do that? If it's blustery, mm, blustery, <laughs> blustery. Well, so I, a lot, you know, and I'm a little of the fanatical side. So if I'm kind a of little. stretching on that, a I'm sure a lot of people are stretching. Yeah. So anyway, it's sad to see the vault go, but I thought, and I'm going to have to look it up for next time that in the real world that Chevy was saying something like the average vault was getting over a hundred miles per gallon. Because people were using it. That's pretty good. I mean, that's good for them to say that. So they are not just killing the Volt. They are killing all their sedans. They're closing five factories, laying off 15,000 workers, which is 15% of its workforce. 15% of its workforce, yeah. It's not 15,000 workers or it's 15,000? It's 15% of the workforce. I can't remember the number. It's thousands. It's a lot of people. It's a lot of people. Ford is doing the same thing. Ford is getting rid of all its cars and just going trucks and big things. Is this the Tesla effect? Um, I don't no, think it's a Tesla factor. I think it's what the head of Ford said a number of years ago. The problem with Americans is when gas prices go down, sure. they want big cars. So Ford and everybody, they start manufacturing big cars. Gas prices go up and people are like, I need a Prius. <laughs> and you want to know the really bad news about all of this? And this is one of the things that's it's really upsetting. Been, been upsetting to me all week <laughs> is there's four new pipelines coming online in Texas in the next two years. Yes. From the shale oil fields, where the oil driller folks have already drilled 110,000 wells and are just waiting for a way to transport. And these are, this is not traditional drilling. This is fracking, right? In a huge Potarmian, like whatever is the Parmian Basin. And, and we will... God knows why we're doing this. I really don't understand. I do. We will yeah. become, for one week in the next couple of years, a net oil exporter for a week. That's how much oil we're about. If we were to Not join just natural gas, but oil. If we were to join OPEC, we would be the number two producer. And uh, why? Uh, because what are we doing mo- to no, ourselves? Because of money, Tom. And they were talking about like it could be thirty bucks a barrel I can get this no, oil out. That's of. they said no. What they said specifically was they finally figured out, and they thought at one point it was going to be a hundred dollars a barrel to make these fields uh, profitable. Profitable. Thank you very much. Thirty dollars a barrel makes it profitable, dude. That's upsetting. If gas, if oil is thirty dollars a barrel, we are going to be underwater guess very, what? very quickly. We're going to burn it all. Yeah. So All of it. we have to get the price of renewables and batteries and electric cars so low to or if, compete. Or if oil is $30 a barrel. Let's say oil is $30 a barrel. Let's tax it at $70 a barrel. Make it $100 a barrel. Oil can't be cheaper than $100 a barrel. Take that $70 a barrel. Build some electronic infrastructure so we could survive. Now, if we ran the country... More tequila, Tom. <laughs> we ran the country the way we should, based on science and uh, doing the right thing. Facts. We would absolutely do something like that. But we run the country based on economics. So this is a potential problem. But we're going to get past it because Elon's going to get their batteries so that they're so cheap and electricity is going to be so cheap and your solar panels are going to be so cheap that oil is going to have to be $5 a barrel to be able to compete. That's going to happen. I'm telling you right now. I it's know not it for a fact. the case. It's not the Don't case. Don't depress me. Because with your facts, it's cheap, and people are not going to want to deal with oh. waiting at all to charge. Yeah, the oh, only hope, so it comes in on the supercharger. You got to oh, fix the supercharger. It's a whole. It's a whole. It, it seems very dire, and it's all about will. At this point, it's the will to just do it. Plus, the other thing is, eventually, all these oil fields are going to be empty. Right? They're all going to be empty. And all these people that work for BP and Arco and Exxon and all these giant oil driller and the independent wildcatters and all those other people, they're not going to have jobs 
again, or whatever, whenever generation that happens, they're not spending any money. They're not saving any money to retrain and, and move to solar, like move to something else. It's just, it's unbelievable that we continue yes. to make the same mistakes over and over and over and over and over again. Would you like me to make you more depressed? Oh, that'd be awesome. The estimates are that there is five times as much oil in the ground than we need to destroy the entire planet. If That's we good. continue to use oil, we're going to destroy the planet, and there's plenty in there to do it. That's so good. this is not really a new thing. We already know this. If we burn yeah. all the oil that's down there, we will be Jupiter. So we shouldn't and do it that. all for profit and for growth. And honestly, I don't know. Is the answer that there's too many people on this planet? That's a very weird thing to say. We're going down. It's into very dark. Okay, how do we get you back up? Deep. How do we get you back up? We do another supercharger story is how we do it. It's Roberts. Tell us about this supercharger story that you want to talk about because you were so angry. It was very funny because these uh, reports come out about stuff that is just kind of silly. Yeah, well, this was an, a report that was in Electric EV News. And uh, it got my craw because it said that uh, the first nine California Electric America sites, Electrify America sites, are planned to open before the end of 2019. These are, these are the Volkswagen. Uh, yeah. We, we've been bad boys. This is settlement for their emissions cheating scandal. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the thing that stuck in my craw for this story <laughs> is that craw. they talked about how uh, fast, they talked about fast of charging. And evidently, these sites, which have somewhere between four and nine plugs, are going to have multi-plugs. So it's CCS. It has a J1772, so a level two charger, level uh-huh. three charger. And they said that they can support up to 350 kilowatts. Mm-hmm. Right. Kilowatts. That's a huge amount of electricity, right? We're talking about the Tesla superchargers. If you can get above 100, that's a good day. Mm-hmm. 120 max. 350. So all charging spaces support up to 150 and typically two of the spaces up to 350. And I just thought that barks bad. That's like... For what? Because nobody can use them. But maybe this is Volkswagen tipping its hat to its 20 electric, 20 in 2020. 20 in 2020. <laughs> right? Like, right. Isn't that the whole thing with, it, with all of these companies? Is so like, maybe there's a hopeful element in here and mm-hmm. I'm just being too skeptical. Maybe. I mean, I don't know. I mean, what Mel said earlier, right, that the, the CCS charging is supposed to eventually get to this. Yeah, so maybe they're building it out with the hopes that they're going to get closer to that. It looks like they're mostly like 50 kilowatt is most what most of the cars yeah, yeah. are going to be able to kind of deal with. And they throw in a couple of level two chargers that stand alone. Right. But I threw in a picture. This was from uh, is th- this is from Fremont, I think it was, or somewhere up north where they show – there's just a long row of these very tall white and green Electrify America chargers. And then beyond them is another long row of Tesla Metro chargers. Yeah. And this is like one of, I mean, aside from Kettleman City and the, the mega charger setup on the way to Vegas, this is like the biggest charger setup that I have seen in Livermore, California, yeah. that was just so exciting to look at. And it's opening up any time now. But the story that I was really pissed off about was the electric vehicle research story, mm-hmm. which I think they just republish uh, people's mm, press releases. Like press releases. Yeah. And they said a 120 kilowatt ultra fast charger has set a new benchmark in EV charging. 
And I thought, new benchmark. It's matched a benchmark. It's matched a benchmark. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's a benchmark matcher. Even though, and, and we can prove that because we have had listeners. I have photos. Listeners mm-hmm. who have sent us their charging mm-hmm. at 120 kilowatts. That's right. Which took place months ago. Yeah, long time ago. But these yeah. And these things are interesting and fascinating in some ways because this is a company called Alpha Power, and they have 14 locations currently online and about the same amount currently being built all in the UK. Yes. So it's in this corridor in the UK. I don't know the UK very well. But there's a bunch of them clustered in one area and then a whole bunch of new ones that are being built in, in, a, in a secondary area in the center of the UK. But the interesting thing about it is they're each one of them, and this is another kind of frustrating thing that I wish we would all kind of get together on at this point as well. Each one of them has multiple standard cables. So you have your CCS and you have your J1772. It's like, uh, can, we, can we just get along? Can we just agree right. on and, something? And what know. is Tesla doing in Europe? They're adding a CCS plug right. to the Tesla plug because obviously they're going to start sharing networks. Because they're being told to. The regulators, yeah. right? The, the European regulators are making them do that because they know what their infrastructure is being built at, correct? So when, when Tesla first came out and said they're going to not follow a standard, I was very angry. Like, you should follow the standard so we can all use the same pluggy plugs. But then Elon's thing is, like, it's not fast enough. Right. Um, now, fast forward five or ten years, and it's like, well, CCS at 350 is fast enough. So it's just uh, – I'm glad that he went ahead and did it anyway because we've had this fast charge network for years. They're going to have to keep up, so we're going to have a 350, we hope, uh, kilowatt charging um, network. At some point, that would be nice for it all to come back together into a single standard um, or two standards or something so that every car could use this network, which would then be everywhere. Or, or provide the, an adapter set with every car. Every car comes with every adapter, and that's required. That gets lost. Yeah, he's, this is Mr. Adapter. I don't know and I, not only do I want one standard, call it CCS, whatever. I mean, it can't be too hard to go to a Tesla. I'm sure a Ranger could do it. And if you wanted it done for, I don't know, 50 or $100, we would pay for it to just pop out the Tesla plug, pop in a CCS plug. But what really bugs me even more is that the chargers on all of these cars, the access point should be in the same spot. Oh, that uh, is. Yes. It should be in yes. the front Yes. Or it should be in the back, it should be on the left, or it should be on the right, because I'll be talking about the supercharger about to open up three blocks from my house. It's in a tight parking garage, and you have to back in. And all of the slots are, like, diagonal. So you have to go past the spot and then back in around to get into the, And then you have to do the same thing to get out. And I'm just thinking, man... I'm going to open a body shop really close <laughs> to that <laughs> supercharger yeah. and just have somebody hanging out there saying, oh, scrape, I'll fix that for you. You know what? You know what? I'm going to go further than that. Yeah. Oh it should be in the same place, every car, and there should be two of them. One up the front, one up the back. How's that? Boom. I like Boom. it. That's good. Yeah. So I I'll don't have to – I don't like the back. I'm not good at backing. I just drive straight up. Boom, like the leaf. Put yeah. it in the front. Thank you yeah. very much. Hey, I'm All a right. genius. What am I? Genius. Wow. Thank you. Next nice. level. I, Next I, level I keep thinking. that genius level low. You keep it very bottled um, up. So let's <laughs> tell us about the supercharger. Since we're talking about supercharging, you're going to tell me that we have so many new ones since we spoke two weeks ago. Yeah, right. Well, there weren't that many when we spoke two weeks ago That's that true. were new. Yeah. 
And this week, drum roll, please. Now, you really heard that. Yeah. Sorry. We have nine new superchargers. I don't care. Where are they? Three of them in the United States. Upsetting. Three in China, Canada, Netherlands, Sweden. Nine. That's a lot. Nine? Not. Not enough. No, Not but enough. Imagine if they opened one Kettleman City, we'd have 49. You know, that that would make a difference. Elon nine? Tweet. Elon tweeted out that they are going to... No, but to- these are nine stations, not nine plugs. True. You're right. I've had... Your I'll Kettleman City thing I'll is a little... I don't Elon tweeted out uh, just before Thanksgiving, and I know that he tweeted it out because of Thanksgiving and because of what was going to happen at the Supercharger Networks, which happened, which I witnessed, which was on electric. He tweeted out that they are going to double the size of the Supercharger Network for next year, by the end of next year. And I go, I don't care about doubling it. That's not enough. It needs to be... 10 times bigger next year. Thank you very much. And everybody's like, oh, look, they're going to build it out much faster. It has to be built out so much faster. There is 7,000 Model 3s a week going onto the roads. A week. It's a lot. We need to not double it, Elon. What are you talking about doubling? Unless this version 3 is super magical, meaning that it's three times faster and something magical about it, like three times faster, <laughs> um, then twice as many is not enough. If, if it's three times fast. faster and it's twice as many, that's six times as many. I'll be happy with it. Did you see the math on that? six times as much capacity. Capacity for charging. Let's not, right. let's, not, let's not confuse the people with the confusions. Yeah, there's only about 80 new plugs yeah. in total. But that's, that's you know, not enough. Not enough. There are 10 in construction. Uh-huh. And there's six that are being permitted. Ooh. These numbers are not, These are not exciting. Good. These are, we need bigger numbers. You know, last year, I think they were, at this time of year, Ramping up at a much higher pace. Pace, yeah. It seems like now. that relatively compared to how the superchargers have sort of developed in the last two years, they're actually relatively slower in the production of superchargers than they've ever been because the, there are so many more cars being produced yeah. relative to the number of superchargers being made. Um, although I look at the map and it looks good and I see where it's going, it's getting better. It still just seems to me that there is going to be this problem. I'm going to shut up now. Because I've talked about this every week. But they must have setting. They must be at this point using big data to tell them where they need to go. Right. And how many of them they need to build. And they're also there's probably some limitations. Like I don't know what the Atascadero situation is, right? In terms of like what space is around it. You know, like the land that they're putting these things on is is not cheap, especially in California, right? So this has to be costing a some large a ton cursing uh, a large of ton. ton of money. Yeah, a couple of years ago it was 150,000 for an installation of superchargers. For for one spot of supercharging. Well, I like don't I think plugs. once you get past the cost of creating the supercharger station whether or not whether you put 6, 8 or 10 plugs on it mm-hmm. is not the cost factor. Right. And the metro plugs are a little bit smaller, so maybe they're a little bit Yeah, and I heard cheaper. the number of like 250,000 because I was doing the math on it. I did it a few years ago. I'm like, okay, could I could I build, get together with a couple of friends, build a supercharger, put solar panels up there, have a little milk bar with your Diet Cokes and your stuff and charge people. Milk bar? That's an Australian thing. It's like all 7-Eleven. Um, and charge people. And make money out of it. And I couldn't make mm-hmm. the math work. It's like right. this, uh, you have to charge a lot for the electricity and people are not going to do it. And that stopped you? That's weird. Yeah, it's weird. After I did the math and it was a stupid <laughs> idea, I didn't keep going. I was Look, shocked. just because we've been upset, because uh-huh. we've been sad, because I've felt like this has been a bit of a downer so far. 
I'm sorry. I Are thought they not all. I thought that no. we should talk about the White House's uh, not now, please CNN, not now. The White House's um, climate change report. Mm. Because it's so uplifting. Mm. <laughs> it is. It does warm the heart with fossil fuels. <laughs> with, warms the heart <laughs> warms from the, the outside. <laughs> so uh, the Trump administration, not the elected officials, but the uh, bureaucrats, the scientists, they got together. They do these reports every year or two. Um, maybe it's more frequently than that. And they put this out um, right in Thanksgiving so they could try and bury this thing because it basically says we're screwed. Mm. Uh, the planet is being destroyed. No, the window to fix this is very, very small. Tiny. Um, and Trump, before and after, said, uh, I don't believe it. And the way to fix it is not to bring more pipelines online. I'm just going to throw that out there. That's not the <laughs> or answer. To, or to get the fuel out of the dirtiest yeah. source, like tar sands. I'm going to go yeah. political on you here because then I watched a person called Santorum who ran for president, who's a Republican. Rick. Who was on the CNN, and when they were discussing this, he's like, oh, I don't believe it. I don't believe it because uh, these scientists, you know, it's in their interest to uh, come out with reports that say that there is this problem with climate change. And I really did want to reach in there and um, slap him upside the head in a nice way, not in a violent way. Just like, Rick, Rick, stop. Think, this conspiracy theory you have, do you realize this means that every because it's basically every climate scientist at this point, every climate scientist in every country, even those that work for ExxonMobil, even those that work for China, have all gotten together with this same conspiracy that they are working together on thousands, hundreds of thousands of scientists, and they are faking their data with each other so that they can have a job. Or is it that perhaps... I just wish they'd stop. (laughs) (laughs) Or is it perhaps that we know exactly why you believe that, and it's because it started from the fossil fuel industry and their disinformation campaign, which has been incredibly successful, which is just the same thing they did with cigarette smoking. Rick, do you believe that cigarettes are bad for you? Do you believe that? Because if you believe that's bad for you, then you better believe this, because there is now infinitely more evidence about the fact that we have produced this climate crisis than there is for cigarettes causing COPD and cancer. What the hell are you talking about? This conspiracy theory is the most ridiculous thing. You either are the most stupid person in the world through willful ignorance, or you're going to hell if there is one. Thank you. Rant over. (laughs) It's... It's it's a downer, man. Can't it's argue a, with it's it. a bummer. I mean, we talked about this a little bit earlier, and it's just it's sad that that this continues. But it's it's hard to see a way out of it in a lot of ways, right? It's hard because it's about consumerism and it's about the amount of people, and it's the and it's a, it's also about the growth, right? Like you can't have stasis. When more and more people keep getting born, more and more, you know, upward mobility wants to keep happening, right? Well, so if you're going to want to build an economy with 3 5% growth, a quarter built into it, that growth has to come from somewhere. Yes, I would love and I wish that it would come from solar and all of that, and, and, it, and it could – but there's already so many hundreds of thousands of people employed in this industry, trucking, shipping, transportation – oil drilling, that they just don't see a way out of it. There is a group, and this is why who you vote for matters, and uh, I'm speaking to you, millennials. Please do not tell me that voting doesn't matter. Who you vote for matters. It has real-world consequences. Mm -hmm. There is a group of people that are trying to do the Green New Deal, 
and we've heard this before, but this is we have to do this, which is we have to put in hundreds of billions of dollars into infrastructure. We have to completely change the way we run our societies through electricity, through renewable energy. And if we do that, we will generate billions of dollars. We will make many more jobs. And this is where we need to put our money. And we don't need to keep doing this thing. It is destroying the planet. Yep. And those people that say this is not a big problem, again, is it willful ignorance or are you evil? And a lot of people say that, you know, this doom and gloom isn't helping us, that there are technological fixes and there are ways that we can work around this and use our smarts to save ourselves. But unfortunately, with the kind of talk that you're outlining, Mel, uh, that's not supporting such work and such thought. And there was a great book that one of the one of my Twitter followers recommended. It's by Charles C. Mann called The Wizard and the Prophet. And I, I, I pretty much digested the whole book. And it takes two examples of uh, scientists who went one direction, which is doom and gloom. We need to cut back. We need to eat off small farms. Basically, a pathway that would not support the world we live in. And these were expounded like in the first 50 years of the 20th century. So from 1900 to like 1950. And the other was, no, he actually worked on creating better ways to capture nitrogen, to fertilize soil, to create massive increases in crop yields saying we can do better. But unfortunately, we've actually reached that limit and the food quality hasn't gotten as good or isn't as good as we ramped up the production. Bottom line is, it, it gives you a really good two-sided look at this whole problem. And the reality is that we definitely need to roll up our sleeves and we need to look at all viable options. We can't lock ourselves down and say that what's going on now is going to take us through to the next, I don't know, 500 years. We can do this. If you ask the scientists, the smart people, we can do this. We're already past the point where there's going to be bad things. But we still have this window of time between now and about 2030, which is not that long away, 12 years, that if we radically change our policies, we can mitigate this disaster. But we really, this is the time. We have to get busy. Who you vote for matters. Just going to say. Let's move on. Let's talk about Mars. Let's talk about something uplifting. I don't know. Did you watch the guys and the girls go to Mars? Did you see that? Did you look at that? Did that give you some hope? The Marcos? We can put stuff that's very big and thrived in space 93 million miles away and land it and stick the landing. landing. 10.0. It was amazing. It was very cool. Unbelievable. Yeah, I think they they really kind of are – I applaud NASA and JPL for going the sort of media route. They made this whole thing look kind of like an Academy Awards, Mm -hmm. right? Everybody had these nice shirts. They all were all coordinated. The shirts were even pressed. You could see the lines in the shirts. And they had all of these, you know, really good newscaster women like, well, tell me more about that. And then the guy who's the scientist could tell them more about it. I thought it was really good. I think it'll uh, definitely inspire a lot of people. And this is a very cool mission because this is what's going to support or inform the settling of Mars, mm-hmm. bringing humans to Mars. This spaceship is going to do some, or at least three, very cool things. I know one of those things, you have something to say. Is a, They're putting a giant probe in this planet. Uh, we're probing, uh, <laughs> we're probing Mars, 16-foot probe deep into the planet to test the seismic thing, see what the planet's got well, going the, the, on the under there. The probe is the, is a thermometer. Mm. It's like, hmm, deep. Deep probing I mean, thermometer. Two of us have done some deep 
thermometer probing in this room. I won't say which two. Yeah. <laughs> we're taking Mars's rectal temperature, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and we're checking its seismic activity, yeah. and we're looking for uh, ice yeah. and water at the same time. Mm-hmm. This is amazing. What I don't know. I think you understand this term. Spilkus? I was sitting on Spilkus. As this thing is landing, I'm like, please don't crash, please don't crash, please don't crash. Like, <laughs> pins and needles. It's true. Like, they, the ladies and gentlemen working over there at JPL have really have, have waited a long time for this thing to get there. And, right. And it's going to do some, some fascinating stuff. And it is like, it's hopeful that people are still working on stuff like that. They're still, we're still exploring our universe, our galaxy. And, uh, what I hope it, it's not. Because we have to get off. I hope it's because it's just cool to get off. If you didn't see it, it's called the Insight Mission. Mm -hmm. And that's a long name. It's actually an acronym. And I don't remember what it means, but there's a good link that we can throw in the notes that uh, gives a little video from a really cool dude. And it's impressive because this is the first mission to Mars that actually puts these types of probes on the planet. Like so far, they've had the rovers, which go and they'll scoop up a little rock and they'll analyze it. But they they never drilled into mm-hmm. the planet. No. And this domed seismic uh, device mm-hmm. goes on the surface. It, this arm reaches way out and drops it on the surface. And this thing is sheltered from the wind, but it will be able to sense any earthquakes. It will be able to sense um, the way that... The winds affect the surface. I mean, it gives us a lot of detail about how building on Mars will work. And then there's another one that is using radio waves to test what's the wobble of the planet, which is also important for navigation purposes so that you can get around the planet because there, at this point, is no GPS on Mars. A couple of other interesting things. Because Mars is so far away, and I'm going to be speaking to light speed in a minute here. Because Mars is so far away, there's this eight-minute delay. So there's this weird thing where you're like, it's coming down, it's about to land, it's landing. It's de-. And that already happened eight minutes ago. It's weird. <laughs> it's like it's like the space-time continuum is all screwed up. Uh-huh. And so I just want to say to light, I, th- I know you're very fast. Uh-huh. You can go around the world, uh, I think, seven times per second. That's very fast. fast. Very, very fast. fast. But the universe is very large. Big. Compared to the size of the universe... You're very slow. I wish you were faster. Yeah. Much like a supercharger, uh-huh. I wish you were better at what you did. So now you're you you wish that light wasn't was better in, in, yeah. in its speed and, and fastness. I think we can well, light we, we can is... work out from here that no matter what Tesla or Elon does, <laughs> I won't be satisfied because even light speed isn't fast enough. <laughs> right. That's true. It wasn't fast enough for Han Solo and it's not fast enough for you. I don't know. We're gonna have to break this barrier. <laughs> Come on, light. Get it get, going. Get, get your it going. together. But it's pretty it's pretty darn cool, man. It's gonna Send. So the probe, as it goes down, every 19 and a half inches, it's going to generate a pulse of heat. Hmm. It's going to learn some stuff about Mars. It's going to go down another 19 inch, bolt pulse of heat. It's going to learn all kind of good things on its way down. It's, I'm, I'm excited by it. I don't know. I'm, I'm a little giddy. Really, it's very giddy about <laughs> I'm a little giddy. probing Mars. I'm a little, I, I mean, it's not just the probing of the Mars, but I think like it's cool to see like they, they had success. You know, we're still the only country that's actually landed anything on Mars. You guys know that, right? Like right. other people have tried. Hmm. I didn't know that. Did that's the crashy cool. crashies? They they also did something experimental where they had two cube satellites, yeah, of orbiting around Mars mm-hmm. that were going to relay the radio signals mm-hmm. using, I think it was X band. Uh-huh. It's a much more accurate. Uh, you can send a lot more bandwidth across using these CubeSats. They didn't know if they would work, and they worked perfectly. Nice. So now the information that comes back, can, they can send a lot more information 
back to earth. And it's, you don't have to do as much processing of it. You don't lose as much integrity of the information. And so it sounded like so when step the, forward. When the giant Mars uh, robot comes out and crushes this thing, we're going to be able to get it in 4K. Right. So imagine this. <laughs> this. This probe is 16 feet deep. What if everything that lives on Mars lives right at 15 <laughs> feet? And, and then all off. of a sudden, like, the last yeah. little like thing... Like, what the hell like, just went through my ceiling? Yeah, like this Enough. thing just breaks through. Earth thinks we're done with you, okay? <laughs> yeah. And then the war starts. Then Mars cracks open, and then they all And then the Martians. And for the two days while we're fighting the Martians, the entire world comes together for the first time in human history, oh. and then we all die. Kumbaya. Yeah, and says, we're going to give up our gasoline Or maybe cars. Mars is going to be like, all right, you guys found us. Here's the secret. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's Maybe it'll be a positive thing, right? right. Of course... Being who we are, we will want. We won't believe them, and we'll be like, "Sorry, we got to kill you, people. I don't know what's wrong with you, but we found you." And imagine if we found life on Mars. I think people would lose their crap. Personally, I don't think that would go over very well. Do you remember on this planet uh, when they landed the rovers? There was this fake thing where a gecko basically came and ran across the thing, <laughs> and I started because I thought it was real. <laughs> Oh my God, there's multi-seater organisms on Mars. Can you find this? And my wife was like, eh, whatever. Like, no, you don't understand. <laughs> she geckos on Mars. How could she not care about I a gecko I don't know if she understood that this was clearly fake or if uh, <laughs> she you looked know. at you like Did you look at the picture idiot. I put in the show notes? Yeah, it's cool. That's the first picture. Although you put it like, is Waldo oh, there, in there, it? Yeah, there's Did Waldo. You add that? Where? Where is it? Uh, there's this dust covered image where yeah, they first took they a picture right that to show that there was the the, the <laughs> rover was there or the the, the lander was there and the curvature of mars they showed that they were in this really actually very nice cleared field it's almost as if uh somebody somebody cleared the field for this oh the martians perhaps. well they landed in like this really giant open space i saw a picture of it i was looking there's some really great great stuff on in the phoenix, nasa right? website Somewhere just outside phoenix yeah, no it's real mel this oh, one actually okay. happened and it's basically this large what they call like the largest open kind of parking lot on mars where there weren't a oh, lot so of boulders weren't a lot of yeah that's well that's where they're storing all of the teslas they're not selling <laughs> the burger the burger joint will be there right, yeah the martians the, skating up the in and out of the galaxy will be right okay, there yeah it's kind nice. of nice <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. All right, so uh, let me go to the next story here, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, which goes like this, hmm? that SpaceX, SpaceX. has uh, asked for a license to do some uh, BFR testing, which I think they're changing Excuse to Excuse me, Starlight son, can you get out of there? Do you have a license to be testing that BFR over here? So they're going to be going upsies and downsies. They've got some like 500-meter ones. Upsies and downsies? Upsies and downsies. <laughs> some 5K ones, so they're going to test this oh, yeah. ability to go upsies and downsies hop, in hop. the BFR. So the, is this this is similar probably to the thing we talked about in the last episode about the when he showed on the TED stage the testing of the rocket at like 40 meters and then landing yes. itself have like a very similar thing. Very right. And when Elon does things like this, he tends to strap humorous things to the sides of the rocket. Oh. In that one, there was like a mannequin up there. And so we'll see. What, we'll, what we'll do you see. expect? What do you think they're going to stick on the BFR? Because it's big, right? I'll put, I'll probably put a you know a Model Y or something in there to test the weight capacity, something like that, or maybe a Tesla Semi. Hello, <laughs> there you go. Semi, that would yeah. be cool. I thought maybe they would maybe. like string a bunch of you know SpaceX T-shirts together and oh, wind them around, yeah, like one of the those BFR. like Tibetan prayer exactly. flags. Or be something a, like yeah, that. we're praying for like SpaceX because like we that. need it. This yeah. thing might explode. Yeah, I don't know. You know what's going to be filled with farts? I'm sorry. Yeah, the BFR. It's running on methane. 
methane. I don't think it's coming f- actually from farts, though. I think like that's gonna well, be like how do you go and collect enough farts to fill a BFR? I mean, I could I could fill this room right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, Tom, we're yeah. gonna have to get you when to come you down and compress it down. That would be like really small. Yeah, without well, I mean, I couldn't fill it like to pressurize. Uh, yeah, exploding. That would not. Be- insane right but you know i can make you guys leave that's no that's problem sure. <laughs> send us the must anything else you guys want to talk about before we do letters oh uh, i want letters. to talk about the letters you want to talk about letters let's go do we have any media picks um media pick like so last time we did a media pick i talked about sapiens great yeah. really a spectacular book did you talk about it or did tom talk about it? i wouldn't uh, have talked about i talked about it. About oh, you were talking about it. i talked about sapiens well, and i'm going to go to my audible app and i'm going to tell you that there is a follow-up book so Sapiens was about like where we've come from, mm-hmm. and Homo Deus is about where he believes that we are going. And it is just as good and fascinating and interesting and large. Homo Deus. Homo Deus. I have started and finished reading, I don't know, probably a 10th grade history book. I just read All Quiet on the Western Front. Oh, that's a great book. Great and book. I read it in 10th grade. Amazing mm-hmm. to like revisit it. Maybe so. And... To yeah. think about like that one person's experience, and then it asks a lot of questions. I got the Kindle edition, and at the end of it, there's an essay that's really quite interesting, you know, and then a bunch of questions. So, a really nice edition on Kindle. Again, we don't get any money from Amazon or any of that stuff, but but I really there are some moments in that book that just make you think. Oh my God! Why do we do this stuff to ourselves, and yeah. why do we continue to do it this? It seems stuff? to me my recollection of my tenth grade self is that a lot of the time it wasn't that quiet on the Western Front. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. It, it was, was not. Upsetting. It was not yeah. very quiet. But the gentleman that they wrote about, like he kept going back to the front, and 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 they run through the whole thing: living on the front lines, getting injured, and what those hospitals were like. Going back from the hospital, going on leave for two weeks, and then having to like go back, and then. You know, his thought process of like, how could I ever be normal again after seeing it? It's very graphic. So many people cannot. It's a very, very graphic book and quite powerful. So I I recommend it. And it's kind of amazing coming on the heels of the 100th anniversary of Armistice Day, which, Mm -hmm. you know, and during World War I, on many days, 10,000 died. Yeah. Every day. And there's a lot of great Staggering things to learn numbers. about World War One. Dan Carlin's Hardcore History, a great way to learn about World War One, And think about the confluence of technology, right? We talk about where we are with technology right now. The confluence of like the horseback riders and the machine guns, the, the, the muskets and the machine guns were basically fighting in trenches. Yeah. And, and, and like it's, it's basically the best book that represents what it was like to live in the trenches of, in World War One. So Excellent I'm choice. Holding on to my phone because uh, I read another book by Michio Kaku, who wrote Sapiens. No, that's a different Michio. Is it a different guy? Yes. Oh well, he wrote something called The Future of the Mind, which was mind blowing. Yeah, really good. Okay, because he goes into the biology of neurobiology okay. and the parts of the brain, and through all of these different variations of our personality of mental disease bipolar and schizophrenia, and of the research being done in neurostimulation, in regeneration, Mm -hmm. and in AI interface. Mm -hmm. Fascinating What's it called? It's called The Future of the Mind by Michio Kaku. Yes, that's me typing. (laughs) He's a physicist uh, in New York. Oh, yes, I've seen this young gentleman. Let's pull it up here for you if you want to see it. The Future of the Mind. It's a great book. 
Let's uh, do some letters. So first one is from Richard Chapman. He said, uh, "This is a, he's a patron. Fantastic episode, guys. Possibly the funniest one yet. I actually burst out laughing at Mel's American accent. Yeah, we did too, but we were laughing you. at you. Thank you. Not with you. Uh, and uh, great to shout out to Harold on his uh, lap around Australia. FYI, he's in an X90D. Thank you very much. That's a nice car. Richard Bergman. Bowman. Bergman. Bowman. 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 Mm-hmm. Uh, fun episode. Another patron. Just wondering, uh, were you guys joking around uh, regarding new silicon versus silicon, right? And what I was talking about is uh, the CPU. That yeah. uh, Tesla is getting new CPUs made by Tesla that are going to be 10 times faster than the current CPUs, which should um, smooth us into this, Not maybe not level 4 or 5, but much closer, because they're going to be able to take 300 frames per second instead of 30 frames per second and do all right. that processing. Processing with power this new... of the new silicone. Right. So, so that's the silicone. silicone chip that we're talking yeah. about. Or I guess it's silicon. What silicon. Is, is there a difference? Silicone, silicon? Oh, that's a good question. Anybody? Any of you science types? <laughs> Stump the doctor. I agree. Uh, he also says I agree with the Tesla pickup thing, which uh-huh. was basically uh, his mission is to try and change the world. Why would you potentially create all of this effort to make a pickup truck that only three people want? And having seen that pickup truck last night, right. all the more reason to not mess around with this. Like that thing last night, I'll tell you this if you're going to spend a $70,000 on a Ford Raptor, like buy this truck. By the Rivian. By the Rivian. Yeah. Because it's better. It's faster, more torque, more everything, just better and, and better for the planet. It's got a lot and of cool You can design. still get to be a truck douchebag, but you're driving and saving the planet. You're welcome. Tesla is going to sell so many of those pickup trucks. He also if they don't make them hideous. Thank you. Richard uh, also said that he's got a P3D. Dual drive. Dual drive. And it costs 71000 and I think, guess we were talking about how much does that really cost? And then he got 10000 bucks in federal and Massachusetts. state Massachusetts credits. Ryan Scanlon. That one's so easy. I don't understand Scanlon. how you're even having a difficult with Scanlon. Guys, what's the easiest way to listen to the unlocked episodes in the car? And I would say uh, the podca- the Apple Podcast app or any podcast app that use- that goes to iTunes. So he's speaking, I think, specifically from the Patreon. Oh, from for, so, so he's trying to figure out how to get the Patreon link. So there's an RSS feed for patrons. So if you're a patron, you can get an RSS feed, and then you can stick it in any one of a million different... Uh, and stick it in your... Stick it in your podcast reader <laughs> so just go to patron and i'll show you how to do it joel sap said go check this out and it was about uh which things which um podcast apps work the best so uh, we'll put that in the show notes you can go check that out yeah joel and now we've got some other letters we've got eileen that's irena irena elson yeah elson yeah irena let's let's get the first let's go one name at a time with this nice and slow okay like like let's 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 sound it out melvis i i've got a problem tom (laughs) i know know, this is the funnest part of the show for people irena elson and she's got a little car there it's model three and she Mm -hmm. lives up there in places where it's in the canada and it's cold yeah and she's saying like uh you know the car gets all you know frozen uh-huh. So this is Cold a known event. issue. A number of places freeze. For charge port froze. Yeah, charge ports yes. and the windows and the doors. And Tesla pushed out a software update. I haven't heard if it worked, but they did mm-hmm. push it out. So uh, you can get back to on that, Irina. Irina it does feel a little bit uncomfortable to take something uh, like a hammer and bash on your charge cable because it's frozen yeah, into the car. That. I've done it. 
I'm not doing it. And Irina's dad is Eugene Paluch, who apparently we butchered a pretty nice message from him last time we did one of these shows. So Thank we're, you. We're not we're not really good at the letter thing, but it is fun for us, and we are appreciative of the letters. <laughs> yes, we love and, the letters. Yes, and uh, Eugene also said this: um, if I give you a code that you use. Can I get into the Patreon action? And the answer is, of course, we just have to find a way to do that because he gives you a code, which is the equivalent of thousands of dollars. He gives me a re- – oh, his referral. Referral code. So how would he give you – so this is – if he's already purchased his car, he will have to spend a – like I've had this issue with some people. He will have to spend a lot of time talking Tesla <laughs> – into not talking, talking Tesla, Tesla, talking Tesla into talking Tesla on the phone into giving that that credit to a person. So Robert, right? What is your code? It is Robert three one seven seven. There you go. That's a good one. You should use that one for sure. Don't use mine. It's useless. Yeah, it's, it's completely almost useless. doesn't even work anymore. Steve Smith. Mm-hmm. Uh, Steve Smith. Remember, his daughter is Charlotte, and Charlotte makes up these little cards that she puts on electric vehicles to say thank you for driving an electric vehicle mm-hmm. and saving me because I'm a little girl and one day I'm going to be a woman and then I'm going to be old. And yeah, and I don't want to live underwater and, and have gills. Thank you. And there's a whole <laughs> bunch of stuff about how this has sort of taken off and a lot of different CEOs yeah. and politicians throughout the UK have really um, sort of picked up on this story. So congratulations, Charlotte. And it's really a pretty cool story that uh, you're doing there. It's super sweet. And these are the kinds of stories that I think, you Fully know, they, they have impact on people. Right. You know, they see that, like, what I'm doing, my actions are impacting the youth, the next generation of youth. Like, we can sit here all day long and be like, I'm not going to be here in 50 years anyways. But somebody's going to be here. Somebody we love is going to be here. Right. Yep. So it's a, that was the feel-good story. So thanks to Steve and to Charlotte, who uh, Steve uh, defines himself as the taxi driver to Charlotte. And we got a letter uh, via the Twitter, a via message the Twitter. via the and Twitter from the Twitter? Anthony Melendrez. So the Twitter, that's a social media platform, okay, okay, little okay. blue bird. Uh, the, I believe our, our fearless leader uses it. Much too much detriment. too often. Yes, that's right. Yeah, Elon. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> no, yeah. Well. Oh yeah. Him too. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he he wrote a letter of support to us, and it's very lovely in terms of the all of the people who were writing about like, oh, you want we we want you to do your show every week, and and he's just basically very very supportive of this. So I just wanted to shout out to him. Thank you very much for your message. It really does mean a lot to us because again, this is a labor of love for all of us. Yes. And we will continue to do it. Uh, you know, episodes like this are tough for us to do. This is not really what we want to do. I had some Model 3 stuff that I wanted to show you, but we didn't get to that because it just got very serious. And it's because – and this is why – a serious episode. This is why we have a passion for this thing because we're nervous about this and, and, and we're caring and we want to be able to fix it. And we're not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. We do all sorts of things that are detrimental to our planet, all three of us, and, and all of you do it. But I think – talking about it and communicating about it and just like making everybody aware of little incremental changes. Like we can't, we can't stick our heads in the sand. We cannot do that. We've got to at least try. Talk about it. Talk people into it. And, and you, the listener, you're the ambassadors in a lot of ways for this. You've learned a lot from the show. You appreciate this show. Anybody who asks you, even people who don't ask you, Ask them about their car. Ask them about the next car they're going to buy. Like you're the you you learn a lot about transportation. You've learned about electricity and solar and all that stuff by listening to the show. Push it. Try to get people to understand. Ask them the question. Like, okay, what is the number one list of your priority 
that that would get you to buy an electric car and try to find a car that fits it, right? And if if they move to their priority number two, try to find a car that fits that and try to just show them that it can be done. Yes, it's work. It's a different way of thinking. It's all of these things, but it it can be done. We can do this. It's it, fun. The best thing uh, that I've found to convert people to buy a Model 3 or whatever is their next car is to have them drive the car. Yeah. Right. So now I have my Model 3 and I'm, it's mostly idle because it's not being used a lot right now. And I just give it to employees, friends. I'm like, you should take that for a day or two. I just And they all come back happening. and go, yeah. OMG, I can't drive any other car now. What have you done to me? I'm like, thank you. Yeah. And I'm sure a lot of these discussions took place at Thanksgiving around the table yeah. just last week. Mm-hmm. And there's still more holidays I, coming up I to do say, just the same. Yeah. I said a very silly thing that I felt very bad about on one of the tweeners. I'm like – I was talking about the supercharger and how I had to wait an hour longer and made my trip an hour longer and I got caught in traffic and I was whining about it. And next time I might even take the gas car. And then about an hour after that, I'm like, what an idiot. Uh, The planet is on fire. And here I am whining about, well, I don't want to take my Tesla because it takes an extra hour. Mm, Yeah, I like the planet. I like it to stay around. I probably should put myself, uh, you know, an hour behind every now and then. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the stuff we do here, obviously, is tongue-in-cheek to kind of highlight some things that, that we, you know, feel problematic, wish that they would work on. But, you know, at the end of the day, we believe in this company for sure. We believe in EVs 100%. Actually, before we go, we have that list. Where's that list of all the EV cars that are available? I think I we can just – there's is. got like – it's here right it there. It's right there. And, and you know, like, okay, maybe a Tesla is not right for you, maybe a Bolt. But, like, you know, make it make it work for your use case. Figure out what your use case is. Where did you get this list from? Uh, inside EVs, right? So it's plug-in vehicle comparisons. And there are, you know, several models. A lot of them are i3s. There's, like, four different models of i3s. There's the i8. Don't buy that one. The 530e, the 740e, all from BMW. The 330e iPerformance, the SportTrack, the a- Audi A3 SportTrack e-tron. So slowly but surely, these cars are two coming pages. out. It's two pages. There's the Cadillac. I'm showing the Chevy sort of the, Volt and Bolt is right on now. here. The the Fiat 500e. There's Ford Focus electrics. Hopefully, those will continue to be made. Honda Clarities, Hyundai's, more BMW. Oh, this is the same thing. No, but I'm going to tell you that when I look oh, at this, maybe mostly, back. mostly, I don't, you know, of all of these cars, it's still Tesla. Because yeah. of the charging network, it is. because of the range. But it, so it's nice that there's this thing and you should look at it and you should be uh, sort of telling your friends and family about this. But in the end, it's amazing how I look down this list and I'm like, it's still yeah. just Tesla. It's so much better depends. than everybody else. It depends. Like if somebody lives uh, and works and they're commute each day is like 20 miles okay. yes, or less some uses. and they have a second car that they could take on the trip to a Tuscadero and they can't afford a Tesla or two Teslas, then you could buy one of these other EVs yeah. and it could be very inexpensive depending on where you live. If you live in one of the carb states where the automakers are regulated in how many uh, electric cars they have to sell to be able to still sell gasoline cars, there's like 11 or 15 states that are like that, you can pick up some great deals on these electric cars and it will work for you financially. It may not be the car you're going to take, you know, on long vacations, but you could also once a year rent a car. And over its lifetime, you might keep a thousand barrels of gas in the ground. Yeah. You know, like 
Think about it that way. So, like, if a thousand of us did that, that's a, a thousand, thousand, Zucker, that's over a trillion. I, that's some math I'm not doing. There you go. In my head, but it's a lot. It's but a again, lot. like, I, that that was a little soapboxy. It was, but I think it's important. It's a good box, ladies and gentlemen, boys, girls. The show is talking Tesla. This was the free show. Two weeks from now, we'll be doing one for the patrons. If you want to get to that one, it's going to be so good. It'll only be mm. for the patrons because you know, whatever. Herbert out. Ow. Bye bye.